welcome back to High Tech Wellness. This is the second episode of the podcast. Um, quick update before I get into hanging out with you guys. Uh, so we had this like really big ambition for what High Tension Wellness was going to be. There was like a group. There was like two shows. There was a podcast and like a main show. And you know, I've decided since we're kind of growing the network, we're about to launch a website soon, and uh, we have so many shows, and I'm producing quite a few of them just to you know tug my own boat or i don't know phrases um tug, toot my horn yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You toot, not to toot my own horn i don't but, think you um, want to tug your boat i don't know yeah. i don't want to camera you know yeah. maybe pull a little shock master action there uh also tugboat um <clears throat> oh, I so, because never mind i'm on i'm on his page Huh? Yeah, yeah, I thought you were shocking yourself. There we go. Yep. Yeah. So eventually we'll do health and wellness sex edition and we can talk all about that. Because <laughs> sex is health too. Well, if you um, want to if you want to hear an episode all about us talking about sex, you can head over to ask Anthony and ask uh, Anthony and Alex ask questions because that was that went off the rails quick. This is a quick A3Q. We won't trip yeah. over that one. Yeah, all right. Triple A. Well, this has gotten off the rails. But anyway, for simplicity's sake, we're just going to continue doing High Tension Wellness as a panel podcast. And uh, I think it'll work well. And I guess we'll see with uh, this episode. So before we get started, before I talk about what the topic is and we dive into that, I want to ask you guys very sincerely, even though we're a little goofy today, how are you guys feeling? Anthony, how are you feeling? Matt? I am currently uh, not proud to say this. I'm very hungover. Um, I had I went out to uh, I went to experience a new brewery yesterday and I got to get some beers. Uh, Yingling was doing some stuff and then they opened a new brewery in Pottsville. So I was trying to network a little bit by being also being safe and social distancing and wear my mask and stuff. But I uh, tried some beers and then I came home and had a couple and uh, I'm feeling it today, which is part <laughs> of my uh uh, you know, I, I want to do this wellness journey, and I'm trying my best. But every now and then, you have some slip ups, and I I know where my 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 fourth my fourth my uh, shortcomings are, and we're working sure. on it. Yeah. Listen, dude, it's a marathon, dude. It's not a sprint. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think I'll ever stop enjoying beer, but I gotta definitely sure. slow. I gotta turn the knob a little bit. I'm currently I'm like I used to be like at eleven, then I broke the knob off, and now I'm like I'm like a seven or eight. Nice. Well. <laughs> Another beer enthusiast, I believe, is the Maestro Anderson. Scott, how are you feeling? I, I do enjoy a beer every now and again. That is very true. Um, I'm feeling very happy. I'm feeling very excited. I'm feeling, um, I guess a word we'll talk about a little bit later, I'm feeling very motivated. Um, I've got a, if, I, I feel like I've got like a new kind of fire lifted under me because um, I was for probably the last couple of weeks feeling very stressed, feeling very overwhelmed with a mm. lot of different things going on between all of the different things I involve myself in. Um, and now a lot of those are starting to like, you know, come to the end and, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And now I'm ready to like, I'm excited and, and, and ready to go on to the next sort of things that will then stress me out. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a happy cycle for me. Like I yeah. can't just, I'm not a person to just kind of sit and relax. Like if I'm not doing something, I feel like something's wrong. Like, sure. you know, so that's, I'm kind of at that cycle where I'm toward the end and I'm looking forward to the next thing that I'm, I'm building toward. Nice. Awesome. That's actually a really good feeling. Second. I, I like that. Uh, like you, I am actually in a uh, position of, 
feeling motivated yet uh feeling accomplished and uh that also makes me feel excited um <clears throat> like i said earlier we're starting to work on our youtube we're working on building a website uh we've got more shows coming up and just the growth the potential of growth eventually we're going to have an announcement about something that we just decided we're going to be taking part in actually all three of us we're not going to announce what that is now but i'm also excited that we're doing new things and we're branching out you know what i'm talking about you jerk we'll figure uh, it out. yeah so uh yeah no i'm we're really excited uh like you i'm also finding that when i have accomplished all my work and i have nothing to do i'm like well now what like I, I can't even sit here and play a video game anymore. I'm just like, no, where's where's work? Yeah, uh, but it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling when the work is something you love and enjoy. Yeah, um, that's something I never got to uh, in, experience before this last year, so to speak. I I'll, I want to piggyback real quick. I know I just said I'm a hungover idiot, but I I, I do I, I do want to say also that I uh, I feel very accomplished and and, and motivated as well. Uh, kind of not, not pulling back the curtain too much but just recently you guys kind of brought me into the fold when it comes to the leapfrog side of things and uh, i didn't even really know what that was going to entail and showing up and then got to use some of my equipment and and just that production team is just so so cool everyone's so knowledgeable and it was a step into a direction of stuff i didn't know how to do and i was super intimidated and i was nervous and i don't know mm -hmm. if i showed it but i was i was uh, i was i was shitting bricks as they would say because uh, <laughs> it was like one thing is I was around a bunch of people I was very I'm very um, honored to be around and I respect very very much in their craft and what they do with independent wrestling but also I was doing a side of it where I wasn't just being the fan I was I was helping with the production side of things and uh, learning how to edit and stuff like I was terrified but I just kind of like did it and I was like what's the worst that could happen if I mess up someone's there to help me because they also they would be yes. but I got to edit a bunch of matches and like seeing them now air and when they start to air it's like it, I'm excited for that, for like that teamwork to kind of come together for everyone to see. I'm pretty pumped about it. Right on, dude. Uh, we're, yeah. we're happy to have you. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a cool experience. Yeah, no, I think, and I think for all of us, it's like a shared experience that we're all kind of enjoying together, uh, which is important uh, in, in your social health is shared experiences. I, I think it's very important. Especially um, when you can um, actually work with your friends, because there are some friends, and I'm sure you guys maybe have some friends too that you know you can't work with. You know what I mean? But then there's like the. It, I think it's just kind of like a special thing where not only are we like, do we have a good working relationship professionally, but also we're friends off to the side of things. Like you yeah. know, we'll go, we'll we'll go hang out, we'll go to a wrestling show, we'll go grab a beer, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just I think that dynamics very a very special thing. You know, it was funny because that day, like, we got there, we all seen each other, we gave we showed each other that love, and then we just all went in three different directions yep. and didn't yep. talk until the very end of the the night. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was like, oh hey, remember that time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a very cool dynamic. Um, so today our uh, topic is inspiration, motivation, and the power of affirmations. Um, what, what do you guys think of when you hear inspiration, motivation? Um, I feel like 
often they're confused to be very similar or the same, and they might be. I don't know. We're going to research it here today, but what are your guys' thoughts on, on these two things? Um, for me, I think someone can inspire you, um, but you need to take that inspiration and then turn it into your motivation. Yes. Uh, for example, I, I kind of said a little bit on episode one, uh, Kevin Smith inspired me and he's inspired me by giving up things he cared about and loved to create something he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So like when I first started this podcast, I sold all my really, really cool collectibles and nerdy stuff to then fund the start of my podcast. He inspired me to do so, but then I had to put it forth to, of, of, as my motivation to then do mm-hmm. it. Someone can inspire you and you can still sit in your couch and be like, cool, and then go to your everyday life. So, okay. So what would you say was the motivation there? Like the, was it the visualization of what this podcast thing could be for you? Is that pretty much just overcoming that fear of saying I'm going to do it? Because, you know, you can always say, man, I want to go on vacation. I want to do this. I want to do that. Mm. It could be something even small. It doesn't even have to be a huge, huge goal. It could be as much just go walking across the room and saying hi to somebody. That, sure. th- and then you just kind of jump. You take that leap of faith. And once you do it, you're kind of in that zen, like that, I can't believe I'm doing this mode. And then it happens. And then you're like, why? I was afraid of that the whole time. You know what I mean? One of those type of deals. So that's where my, you're, I feel like for me, the motivation kicked in where, uh, he inspired me to do something he loved doing, and it was probably something he talked about doing forever. And someone just like, "Why don't you just do it already?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to." You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. but he's. But I think when people want to do something, especially in a creative sense, um, they put up barriers of why they can't do it. Well, I can never do that because I don't have the money. I can never do that because I'm not good on camera. I can never do that because I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to do this. But you're not going to learn unless you try. Yeah. And that's, that's literally what this three-year journey for me as a podcaster has been. Like how we said before, I'd never learned how to use Adobe or how to edit a film or edit a match. But it was just like, am I going to sit here and put up that barrier saying I can't? Or am I just going to try to do it? And then after I did, I was like, oh, I learned a lot. You know? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I think motivation, it kind of like it starts in the mind. Like it starts in, in your mind and it alters your thoughts and your emotional state and then that in turn can fuel motivation which is like the physical manifestation or the result of inspiration put into action that's how i would i would define it um inspiration in the dictionary is the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something especially to do something creative uh, now I'm going to switch that over. And can you, you can you also maybe put that in terms of like a spirituality thing where it comes to like people pray, people pray for change, but the change isn't going to happen in t- unless you do the the the, the acts to that make that change a thing. Yep, I mean I'm going to capitalize on that in just a moment too. Actually, uh, so motivation is defined as the reason or reasons one has for acting or behaving in a particular way. Uh, so to get on your deal about prayer. I had a bunch of videos set up for this podcast that I wanted to present as inspiration, motivation, and kind of like guidance. Uh, turned out uh, copyrights are a thing, and this video just would have been blocked immediately, so only us would we would have gotten that information. So have you guys seen the movie The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? I love that movie. Okay. So it, no? All right. Well, let me drop this on you. The, 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 basically, the dad's struggling to – become better for his kid and they're on the verge of homeless 
homelessness and they become homeless and, and all this. Um, every time the kid goes to daycare, he comes out with a little gem of wisdom, right? And he imparts this on his dad. And he says, like, something like, uh, there was a man stranded at sea. And uh, he prays to God that he will be saved. A boat comes by and says, like, hey, you know, we're here. We're going to rescue you. And he's like, no, it's okay. God's going to save me. And then it repeats this again and again, like, oh, another boat comes by. No, it's okay. God's going to save me. And then the guy dies and he goes to heaven and he, uh, he asks God, like, hey, why didn't you save me? And he goes, I sent you three boats, you idiot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, hey, you know, either you take the opportunity that's given to you or you make it happen yourself. Like prayer is is one thing. Prayer is almost like manifesting your destiny in a sense. It's putting it into the universe, but it's up to you to take action one way or another. Take ap- action or take opportunities as they come. Uh, that's that's my take on what you brought up there. Well, we I have think a, it kind of alters your your mental state when you when you pray because really when you're praying you don't exactly know where that's going but it almost kind of clears your mind of all that stuff and mm-hmm. now it almost like makes you look for those signs instead of those signs have been there the whole time uh-huh. it's just now you're kind of in that it puts you in that mental state of looking for those signs and then the motivation is capitalizing then on mm-hmm. those signs is that, is that physicality. So like, I totally see where the, where that like spiritual element comes in. Cause it can, it can help you, you know, clear your mind of all, like either the negativity, sure. the excuses, the doubts, all that kind of stuff. And you're just saying like, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're not necessarily saying it to someone physical, but you're just saying it to, out there that like, this is what I need. Show me what I need. And then you're looking for that. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. looking for that next step when before it, that next step might've been there two, three times already. And yeah. you just didn't see it because of all these different things mentally that were blocking it. Sure. It feels like what you're saying is that like prayer focuses you more on, um, man, I lost what I was going to say, but you're, it, you're it, more hyper-focused on what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. You're like you're getting rid of all the clutter. You're, you're adding focus to your, your desires and, and what's important to you, your priorities as well, because you know, you pray, you pray for your goals, obviously, but you also pray for your loved ones and your family. And, you know, you're, you're literally focusing on your priorities and your goals. That's, it's actually a really cool way to put it. And I think it also helps that it, it, when you put it to something that's an unknown, it's, mm-hmm. you're not putting it all on yourself anymore. Because I feel like right. that's a hard part of the motivation is you are doing it pretty much all by yourself. Whereas if you're asking for that help, not necessarily from somebody physical, but from that spiritual being, True. you know, it doesn't feel like it's all on you anymore, even though it still really is. Yeah. Well, to tie this into uh, pro wrestling and the network here, <laughs> right. um, we just had friends recently who have been manifesting this dream and re- manifesting a reality and asking for those prayers and an mm-hmm. answer to them. Uh, our, our boys, uh, the main event, not didn't get just one opportunity. They're on their third. And all yeah. three opportunities have been against three of the top tag teams in the world. They got to wrestle FTR. Yeah. Uh, Jay, Jay got to get a slap by Tully Blanchard. Like, that that happened. You know what That's I mean? Cool. Um, yeah. Then the yeah. second night, they get SCU, AEW's first tag team champions. And now they're mm-hmm. getting Jungle Express. Like, that's yeah. hard work manifestation and 
and like motivation, all that coming together right there for those guys. I'd say keep an eye out for Tuesday as well. I'm pretty sure they're getting a fourth opportunity. There you go. Not um, many people, not many people who we know who were given up. So we had friends like Casey Navarro, um, Clutch Adams, Rembrandt were all given up. Bones was all given up. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, Big Game Leroy were all given opportunities on Dark. But main event, I think, is the only one who got up like upwards of four. I think Casey at the one time had the most with two or three, or he had two or something. Uh, I think he had like three plus a match with Ray Phoenix. He might have had four. Yeah. Yeah. So main events climbing up there as well, where they're they're getting mm-hmm. some opportunities, they're getting some big yeah. names on them. Re- so. uh, Rex Rex Lawless was there from Leapfrog as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really exciting. And a lot of a lot of that has when it comes to uh, your your inspiration, your motivation. We a lot of our friends recently WrestleMania weekend. A lot of people cashed in on that opportunity this weekend as well, or that weekend as well. Um, where whether it be GCW or or the reunion show or all these other awesome events that went down this weekend. A lot of people worked really hard all year, uh, even though the setback of COVID, they have first they finally got a chance to really let themselves mm-hmm. loose, and they and they did it. So it's. It's kind of cool to see that even it's a small payoff, but it's a, it's a, it's the next step, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's a little bit off topic, but since we're talking about it, um, something I struggle with, with um, people in my life, this isn't my problem. Right. Um, but I've experienced people who are disingenuous or they're uh, jealous of your success. Right or the opportunities you're given and the fact that maybe they're not a part of it or whatever, who knows. Right. Um, What do you guys feel or think when you see your friends get opportunities like that? I love it. I personally, it excites me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I'm I'm going to lie. When, when I first seen the poster of FTR and main event, I woke up from, I woke up and our little group chat we have, Someone posted it, and I I got emotional. I was like, "Dude, yeah. they did it!" Like this is like we kind of had an idea because when they went to Florida, um, they they were they were kind of seen in the crowd at Dynamite, and I was like, "If they're in the crowd, they probably got some shows." Because we all know, like behind the curtain, there's a lot of taping. Mm-hmm. But I was like, "All right, they're gonna get a match." I thought they would have been against somebody. Like I didn't think they were getting the three teams they got. And then when it kind of happened, I was like, "I was I was I was genuinely happy enough for them that I I, I got emotional." Because sure. they're good, yeah. they're good dudes. Yeah, it was the same way. It honestly was my reason to smile that whole day, and then it carried over into the next day, and now the next week. Like, uh, I, I genuinely, my heart is full uh, when, when our I was, I was you. very. I will say this though, because they're such good friends, though, and I know it was a good opportunity for them, and I know the whole pro wrestling thing. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm sure somebody else in this room can can agree with this as well. But I was very angry at first because. Um, and it wasn't on them. I was angry of the way I thought they were treated the first night, like with yes. commentary and the way they were treated in the ring. And and I know their heels and they're, they're supposed to be getting like the team they were wrestling against. They did everything they were supposed to do. And as a team, they did what exactly they were supposed to do. But I was kind of like, oh man, they're getting like played off as a huge joke here. Like, well, they, they like Jungle Express can get taken seriously, but main event can't. Like, I was kind of get. I, I was like. I was offended yeah. because I, was, I, I I truly love those guys. Yeah, I was. And mad. then the second night, I was like, okay, they got a little more love with SCU, and now with Jungle Express, they're in the same boat. Yeah, I think they're going to really shine during this match. I'm excited mm-hmm. for that. Um, yeah, I, I was upset with that too. I was very. Mad. I was angry. I was but, mad. You know, at, at the same time, I'm like, I know that they're happy and they're excited, so I'm yes. happy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's important too. Like I think 
as as almost like a self motivation and inspiration too. Like seeing the people around you that you surround yourself with do these things, it it brings yourself up, even if you know, depending on what you're doing. So like, it makes you feel good that you're around those people that are doing awesome things. And the more awesome things that are happening to the people around you, it almost like is a group manifestation in a way, you know what I mean? So like looking at it from like a totally selfish side, it like the people who you surround yourself can be your, your inspiration and motivation. Cause then you see these guys doing this thing, you're doing that and you, you guys are all friends. It's like, well, all right now, like, I see them doing it like now, now, you know, there's something I can do to like go forward yeah. with it. You know, yeah. I mean? iron, iron sharpens, uh, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you can, when you can look at your friend doing really good things and get jealous and, and be upset and make it be a, a diminishing thing for you. Right. Uh, you can get jealous and try to one up them, which is somewhat, I think some kind, depending on how your mental aspect is, can be healthy because it is good to have a little bit of competition with one another, but you can also have that healthy side of things where you're motivated by them, but you're like, all right, they did it. Now I need to step up too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but there's, so there's definitely two ways man. of going about it. Yeah. I think like the philosophy that we've had, um, and I, you know, we're a very inclusive group here and um, we're very like, I want to say empathetic. I'm not quite sure if that's the right word, but like, basically like, you know, you've got the IWEP network. We've got the high tension network, right? We've got camp leapfrog. Um, We, if we succeed, like basically you succeed, right? Mm -hmm. If you succeed, like you're like, Oh, Hey, like these guys are my supporters, but they're also my friends. Like, dude, I'm going to take them with me. Like, or we're going to do this. The ultimate goal is like, Hey, let's do this together. Because like, you're going to succeed better together as a team than you are going to separately. And may, maybe you will too, but like mm-hmm. the chances are better when you work together. Yeah. And, so. and our door, our, I'm going to say our door is closed, but our door is open for a lot of people. And a lot of people just de- a, didn't want to do the work. They didn't want to be, at, they didn't want to do the same level of support to one another. It, it was, it, it was, so it's not like we're closed off, but we are willing to let people in, but it's just mm-hmm. like, you have to, you got to kind of meet our energy, you know? And, and if you don't, yeah. it's nothing personal, but we're going to keep moving because we, we can't wait for you anymore. Like mm-hmm. we're going to let you on the train, but if you can't, if you can't make the run to jump on, right, it's gone. Like, you sorry. You can't be the guy like in this, in this context of like moving forward in this career that you have to have a passion for, right. Uh, whether it be podcasting, wrestling or whatever, you can't be the guy that when you're in class and you're pairing off into groups, you can't be the guy who like, hey, who wants to take notes? And you're just like, anybody, anybody? Uh-huh. Like you, you can't be the guy who rides the coattails of the team. You have to put into work, and even if that works like a little bit, like it's something. Like you have to contribute. You just can't be there for the ride. Um, That's one of my um, anxieties that I can't. I, I sometimes after it's all said and done, I get really nervous and I like hate myself for a little bit because I I'm that person when like and I think all three of us are this person like when we're when we're part of like a meeting or a brainstorming mm-hmm. idea, I'm like I, I I have something and then you say it and then you and after I say it I'm like why did I open my mouth I should have never did that like but I but I feel like it's a decent idea for the team and I yeah. think that's the reason why all three of us really work well together because we're we we have the confidence enough to pitch ideas to one another and be like hey did you try this. I didn't, but that's a good idea. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we're willing to work with each other. Idea. 
yeah. yeah even if it's not a good idea it's like all right cool well, like thank like because i remember in the meeting recently it was like oh hey maybe that's not the best idea but thanks for having you know the wherewithal to like offer it yeah absolutely um, yeah i've learned in meetings not to tell jokes uh they they, <laughs> they don't land <laughs> Often my jokes are funny to me and nobody the, else. The, the one joke you put in the group <laughs> chat was funny. Where when they talked about the gong and you put the video of the gong in there, I thought that was oh, funny. Yeah, see, like, yeah, that was, was, see, that was funny. Yeah, I was, yeah. Well, no, okay. I was hoping it was the video of the mess up, though. That's what I was hoping for. Because you were like, I've got the evidence. It wasn't uh, me. I simply <laughs> have the evidence that it wasn't me because I'm like, this is who was on the gong. Um, but now I think Maestro knows the joke that I'm referring to. I can't remember what it was. I just remember the reaction of everybody in the meeting was just like, ugh. And I'm like, oh. I would have chuckled. I would have gave it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, don't know him anymore. Right. <laughs> All right. But uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And like in that, I appreciate you both very much. Uh, I think we've built a really cool team. I think we're building something really cool together, both with the network and with Camp Leapfrog. So this is yeah. really cool. Um, so uh, focusing back a little bit to inspiration, what specifically inspires you guys? So I'll go with Andrew first or Maestro. Sorry. God damn it. Nice. <laughs> I'll edit that out. Maestro, <laughs> we'll go with you first. Um, I mean, there's, there's honestly, there's a lot of things that inspire me in different ways. Um, you know, as far as like music goes, it, you know, there's certain artists that inspire me to do, um, different things. Like as far as songwriting goes, there's certain people, as far as like singing goes, there's certain people. Um, so like, I do have that sort of like celebrity inspiration, you know, yeah. that, that you can see, but I also have, um, like I'll, I'll call it local inspiration, meaning like within, you know, people I know, you know, like, like friends and, and that kind of stuff. Like, I, honestly, in, there's so many sources of inspiration. It just depends on what, you know, I guess what mode you're, you're thinking in or, or what mode you're, you're looking for. You know what I mean? Like as far as, as far as like art, the stuff we're building goes like, honestly, like you guys are inspirations to me because I see all of the hard work you guys put into this and the dedication. And it's like, I have to match that or else I look like, like a lazy bum and it, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's inspiring to like, and like, that was part of what lit that fire that I talked about earlier. And like the feelings check is like, you know, seeing, seeing this network grow and like, you know, I had been like so stressed out and whatever past couple of weeks that I haven't had as much of a hand in the stuff as I normally do, but mm -hmm. like seeing you just take the ball and roll with it. And then like, you know, Anthony, you coming into leapfrog and just like tackling it head on, like, you know, that's like those, like those two ideas right there were, were the inspiration for me to be like, you know, I gotta get, I gotta get my head back into the game here. Like, it's kind of like, you know, fell out a little bit, not that I wasn't doing anything, but it was just, you know, it wasn't quite where it was before, but there were other things that were just flying everywhere. And some of them were actual priorities and some of them may not have been. And, you know, so I, I think there's many different uh, sources of, uh, of that inspiration. Um, but yeah, it, it all depends on where you kind of where, where you're focusing that inspiration. Cause like, for example, as like a celebrity thing, um, 
you know, I look to like Billy Joel as a, as an inspiration, like when I'm writing music, because he could write music in all different styles and he wrote for many different voices. And he was somebody that said that he doesn't actually write the songs for him. He writes them thinking of other artists. Like he, he'll write a song and be like, ah, Ray Charles could sing this. And like, he would want Ray Charles to sing it rather than him. But obviously it ends up being his song. So like to me, and when I create music, that's sort of that's sort of an inspiration of like I I don't necessarily see myself doing this or like you know just kind of like picking and choosing different things of you know how I come up with the different you know songs I create or or, or whatever it is yeah. um, you know I, uh, I I think a cool thing too sorry is is I think with us right here I think we're kind of like that Swiss Army knife. <laughs> um, where I think some people, when they, when, how you said, like, I see you guys doing this and I feel like I'm not meeting that level. I think what some people can get mixed, discouraged to as well is they try to do the same thing as that person's doing. And that may not be your skill set. And, and I, so if you, if you look at us from afar, we're all three good personalities. We can all, we, we all host or co host a podcast. So people think, okay, that's your thing. But I'm, I'm more of the, I can wing things, do it on the fly and, and I can promote and I can get names out there. That's kind of my struggle. Alex is really good at like editing and, and, and the video editing and you're great at the music thing. So we can all meet on a certain level, but at some point in time, it's like, all right, you go take this job. I take this job. You take that job. You know what I mean? And I think that's what sometimes people are like, I can't do the things that Tony does, or I can't do what Maestro does. And I, cause I, I have that problem where I'm like, I need to learn how to edit graphic design this that and i try to take on too much mm-hmm. um and then i, I kind of stunt the like you said every, like, it's, it's good to be maxed out in one charisma and your one attribute if you're playing a video game you know and I, I think that's a cool thing too but i think if you're if someone's motivating you they should motivate you to do better but you don't have to necessarily do what they're doing right sure yeah yeah so uh anthony what inspires you I, I am a, I would say like, I'm like a sponge. I, I get motivated from a lot. Like I listen and try to consume to a lot of people's content. Um, and I, I, not that I want to steal or take anything from it, but it's just like, Oh, I see what they're doing there. And I, I want to, I want to build off that or learn or better myself or take things I like, or even I don't like, and I try to build off it. So it inspires me that so many people are creating content. I try to absorb it all. Um, Mm. I, I got away from, um, cause I was very inspired at first, like with Howard Stern and Joe Rogan. And it's to the point now where I don't even listen to them and it's nothing a, a knock against them. It's just because I don't, I sometimes fall in the trap where I try to be too much like what I was, what, what inspired me. I, I kind of clone too much. And now I want to do, I want to, I stopped listening to maybe like two or three years ago. And now I just like, I want to do my own thing. So I just try to absorb as much as I can, um, and learn and the storytelling aspect like that really inspires me uh for the most part like just listening to other people's content uh really really gives me mowing like i want to i want to create something now like i like the way they did that i would see if i can maybe incorporate that somehow or ask them how they did it so i can learn how to do it as well um yeah i i don't know that it, it just inspires me that other people are being creative and pushing themselves to do better things sure uh so my answer is going to be different <clears throat> Uh, it's kind of going to be outside the box of what you think of when you think of inspiration. And for me, years ago, back in 2013, I was in a really hard situation, right? So what inspired me was simply survival. I just didn't want to be homeless. 
So I was inspired by that. Like I was inspired by like, look, I'm low. I can't get this low. Like I, I was inspired by like how low I didn't want to get. Right. Uh, because it was a bad situation. So that inspiration then again, fueled my motivation. Right. And so that, that's just like, that was my mindset. There was just like survival, survival, survival. And like a quote that kind of like inspired me for that, because I was also going through a lot of pain. I had been injured on the job at work. Um, and I had really bad back pain to the point where like, there was times like I couldn't walk. Like I could, I had to crawl. Um, I think it was triple H. I could be wrong, uh, because of his whole game gimmick, but, uh, pain is temporary. The game is forever. That was like my mantra. All right. Um, but fast forward to now, what inspires me is this. The GCW fight forever. It's it's leapfrog. It's you two. It's it's everything that we're doing now, which is literally the best point in my life. It's 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 the freedom from the struggles that I've had in a sense, you know, Um I was very, very focused on survival for many, many years. And then I was focused on financial stability. And once I had that all out of the way, I, you know, we started the podcasting and now we're actually at a place where I'm like, what inspires me is not, it's not wrestling. It's not podcasting. Actually, it's, it's, it's fostering a creative community and a positive yeah. community and fuck boys. That's what we've done. You know, we fucking, uh, you know, we created a creative and, and inclusive and loving community in Leapfrog and High Tension in such a short time. And I'm like, I'm literally living in my best moments and it continues to fuel inspiration and motivation within itself. It's such a cool thing. Uh, so that's what inspires me. Um, but I talked a little bit about my past, right? So like looking back to like maybe your childhood, maybe even now. Have you guys ever had like a mentor or somebody that you looked up to that inspired you or motivated you in, in whatever possible way? Uh, I, I always gravitated to, towards people who I, who I, who had very alpha or leadership qualities or people who weren't afraid to take, take charge. Um, so I always gravitated to stuff like that, but I also think a lot of my, my motivation as well as just like the, um, was like growing up an athlete, but I'm sure we'll get into the motivation aspects later. So I don't want to jump too far ahead. Sure. Um, I would say one of the first people who were very in inspiring to me were two people. And it, and I'm not trying to take away from my, my dad or my mom, but teen angst. And for a while there, I wasn't really um, close or I didn't really turn to my parents for a while there. And I turned to uh, a guy named Tom King, which is a great name, right? He owned a pawn shop and I was a 14 year old kid who go to this pawn shop and he didn't treat me like a 14-year-old kid. He didn't treat me like I like like I was getting treated at school where I didn't fit in and I didn't I wasn't accepted or I was like a loser or I was scrawny or I wasn't this or I wasn't that. He treated me as like and he didn't really treat me like an employee. He kind of like took took me in as like a protege. He's like, "Yo, you're my you're you're like you're my my little wingman like uh, you know, you're going to help work for me, but I'm also going to teach you self-confidence. I'm going to teach you how to have confidence in yourself, how to not take shit. Uh, I'm going to teach you how to you know, like he he kind of like it was like, um, ah, shit. It was kind of like, um, uh, Bronx Tale. I was literally like, good at thinking that the entire time you're saying yeah. this. I'm like, this sounds exactly like a Bronx Tale. Like, you yeah, because he wrote Bronx Tale. Yeah, he was the awesome. Italian dude. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, you know what I mean? It was the same thing. He kind of brought me in and he taught me, he gave me a lot of street smarts because, like, we were in situations where we had to, like, think our way out of it or, like, where, 
you know, and it was weird because there were some times where like he struggled financially because like maybe he didn't make money in the shop that day. And even though I could have went up the street and got dinner at my house, I would put myself in the situation where like if he's not eating, I'm not eating type deal. So if he went hungry, I went hungry type thing. And I would just like, well, we got to hustle today. Like we got to sell some stuff. How are we going to do this? You know what I mean? And it was it was that mentality of that work ethic. And and he kind of had the same thing too where he had a family around him. He had his, his workers or his people who would work with him. And they instilled this community and family. And I think that was a big inspiration for me. And then the second one for me would be uh, my my buddy's uh, mom, Sharon. She uh, unfortunately, she passed away a couple of years ago, but she was she was the first person that I actually, I would call her mom and she wasn't my birth mother. You know, she, she, uh, she, she took me in. Not only did she help me spiritually and get my mind right and get me out of like really dark depression and, and stuff like that, but that there was also that sense of community as well with her children. And then she was part of a church and I was brought into that community. So like, even though I'm, I'm not so much a believer of the church and the Bible and Christianity, the community that's inside those 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 cultures are really good, and I think that's why I think church and, and spirituality is important for people. Um, but they were two huge influences and in, and people who got me on the right path to be where I am right now. Uh, for me, I so when I was younger, and I think I might have talked about this a little bit on your podcast, uh, the Wicked Turtle. Uh, infamous interview on on the interview part one and part two yeah Yeah, two whole parts of that um when i was younger i had these uh like a mobile therapist and and like a tss worker it's a like a what is it therapeutic support staff it was a guy who basically would come in and like hang out with me like we'd go out and bike rides he'd take me to movies i saw like the phantom menace with him i saw armageddon in the theaters with him uh that's that's important to me because this is where my love of movies and cinema came in um he also taught me how to play chess this guy's name is scott by the way um this he he taught me to appreciate knowledge and like seek knowledge and and that it was it was kind of like that's not the world i grew up in like if you know my family it's not like the smart household uh and that feels like it's something offensive but it's like i learned to value things that were not what i'm used to i wanted to be different you know and a lot of my motivation was to i don't want to be like what i've seen all of my life right um so i started watching like british comedy i started you know uh, get this really like pompous attitude about myself, but I, I learned a lot from that guy. Um, a lot of who I am today was shaped by him. He was also a very religious guy. I went to church with him. Uh, he took me to like a church uh, camp uh, for the summer. Like that was awesome. Um, <clears throat> then you fast forward a little bit to the professional wrestling world. That was also a mentor for me, uh, Pinky the Flamingo Kid. Um, you know, as much as I've talked about me kind of not holding my end of our relationship up during our training, uh, you know, it's it wasn't a relationship that ended well for me. I learned so much for him from that guy. And we wouldn't be here today as high tension without world professional wrestling out of running PA and Pinky the Flamingo Kid. Like, it just wouldn't be a yeah. thing. Um, so for me, like, what are qualities that those people embodied, right? Uh, that drove me to them. And it was like, 
intelligence is one of those things. I, I've always been drawn to intelligence um, and compassion, I think, is a major thing in, in like a mentor. Um, <clears throat> being a role model, period, um, just somebody you can look up to is is really important to me and it's also because of that guy scott that i got into the field of working with at-risk youth and that was one of the most fulfilling careers i've ever had uh i have a question i have a question do you think would you consider i'm gonna i'm gonna deep dive you real quick so I, I want to oh, yeah, let's do this would you consider yourself a role model absolutely for who who do you think you are you a role model to anybody who accepts it um I feel like there are some times when I'm less than uh, um, <laughs> appropriate, you know, but um, I feel like who I am. Because this is just is, from the outside yeah. looking in. Sure. So I, I've, I've known bits and pieces of your story and your family and stuff like that. And how you're saying growing up, it wasn't the greatest, you know, and, and, and but it was it, there. Some of the stories you told me, most families would have disintegrated. They would have all went their own way. You're muted, by the way. Um, and uh, yeah, they would have disintegrated. They would have went their own paths. They would have not talked to each other because you guys went through some dark stuff. You know what I mean? Like these but, things have happened. Yeah, but it's crazy because now seeing you and your family, and now that your brother's back and your mom, like mm -hmm. you're you like I'm not I'm not speaking for Rhonda. I'm just saying how I see it. But she, even though you're her kid. You can definitely see she has she has pride in you, and she sees you in a different aspect as just her, not just her son. True, and and I I think your positive changes that that you have done has changed your household. Like I, your brother sees you in a different light, and your mother sees you in a different light. Like your most mothers and sons don't see each other in the same light that I think you and your mom see each other. I think your mm -hmm. mom actually is you're a role model for your mom. Yeah, dude. Um, try not to like cry right now because you're, yeah. <laughs> you're like making me realize things that are really important to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a struggle, dude. Um, my my family has like definitely not been the best, and it's fallen apart many times. And I feel like I've I've you know I always hate putting myself out there like this, you know, but um, I feel like I've been that constant, you know. And I've had anger issues. I've not always been the best, but I, I've always kind of wanted to work on that. And, I, and th there was a point where, again, back in 2013, when I lost my job and I lost everything, I kind of relied on, I mean, I got rid of Rhonda. I got rid of Jackie. I got rid of my brother, kind of. And that was good for me because I got to be independent um and i i didn't have a good view of my family at all i resented them for for many reasons and you know then i was doing my own thing and i was really successful at that until until i wasn't and then i needed them i needed Rhonda. i was like hey like she's living with some guy out in pittsburgh jared was in a rehab and jackie's living with her because jackie can't just do things on her own anymore uh -huh. and uh now, now I needed her. I needed Rhonda. I needed help, and I I had to go live with her in in, in Pittsburgh, the, well, the Pittsburgh area. And you know, it was a really bad situation. Rhonda didn't see it. Uh, the guy she was with was incredibly mentally abusive, um, and I stayed there for a little while, probably about half a year. 
I got a job. I saved up money. I got a car that was on the verge of breaking down when I bought it. Uh, but I got the hell out of there, man. I got out of there because I couldn't change the situation for anybody, nor did I want to. I was just like, I had went from a really bad situation of being homeless to like being in a worse situation. Um, I just, I, like, I still wasn't ready to be a part of that family. And uh, I had lost who I was, man. Cause I I'd just gained my independence just a few years earlier. And now I'm like, Oh man, I'm freaking lost. Right. And, um, so I left, I took this opportunity, which is a weird opportunity to have taken um, in, in, in many circles. You would think that this is inappropriate. My best friend at the time, Dan, his girlfriend's family had offered to take me in. Uh, so I had moved from the Redding area to the Pittsburgh area. Now I'm in the Delaware County Marcus Hook area um, with my best friend's girlfriend and her family and it was just like this weird opportunity but you know what they they welcomed me in like a family they were religious and i wasn't but this this is the place now i'm telling my story this is like my fucking podcast now but this is the place where i i learned i didn't have to be religious but man i could be spiritual because these people were my fucking angels um trying not to cry <laughs> uh Fucking A, man. John Llewellyn and Michelle, uh, they were my they, my freaking angels, dude. They, they lifted me up. My car that was on the verge of break, breaking down broke down. I had just gotten a job, and three weeks later it broke down, so they bought me a car. I they worked on paying them back. I paid them back. They bought me a freaking car. They gave me a house to live in, and uh, I was with them for, I think, about a year. I was able to get myself out of there. And uh, once I got myself out of there, another half a year, maybe a year passes. And uh, I get a call that Jackie is in a uh, mental institution. She had went to a hospital um, because of something had happened, nothing major, but she was angry. And, and with her dementia, you know, she'll just say whatever, right? So she tells the staff there, that Rhonda and her boyfriend abuse her, they steal her money, all this shit. Basically, because she was mad at Rhonda and she didn't want to see her and she knew that this would get them out of there. What she didn't realize is she has dementia and now they're putting her in protective custody. And uh, so then I get that call and I'm like, well, it's my grandmother. I'm going to do anything for my grandmother, right? So I go to Pittsburgh and I pick her up and the state releases her to me with the caveat that like she has to have a suitable place to live. Right. So I made an arrangement with one of her sisters and she, I got her to live there, but I would manage the finances and, you know, all that stuff. And that was another like half a year passed and that wasn't working out anymore because Jackie was too much to handle for her sister and now the state wasn't really involved. So I'm like, ah, well, Rhonda had came to visit <clears throat> when this whole blow had happened. So then Jackie came to live with me in my two-bedroom apartment with me and my roommate. And then Rhonda's staying there. And uh, so now it's just like, now we have to figure something out. So I had to, you know, get rid of my apartment and get this house. And it, this is all out of, like, necessity. Like, I had to give up my independence. I had to give up, like, everything. And uh, now it's just like, fuck, man. Now I got to, like, take care of my family because my family can't take care of themselves. Uh -huh. And that was my reality. So, like, 
now I'm now I've gotten myself out of this like survival mode and I was just trying to be financially and I, I was I was financially well off by myself. Like I'm like spending five hundred dollars a paycheck on fucking the Freddy Krueger clause signed by Robert England. Um <laughs> But now that all stopped and now I'm taking care of my family. And that that's when we got this house in 2017. I was already doing like the podcast with the penguin and, you know, fast forward to the last couple of years, man. Um, here we are. And I'm finally just now back in a state of actually being happy. And it's, it's due to teaming up with Andrew. Uh, damn it. Maestro. And <laughs> yourself, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to downplay the fact that, um, your acceptance of me has also really helped me be a better version of me and your support of me. Uh, Maestro has been, uh, instrumental in, in me having the confidence to do what we're doing. So, well, so the way I see it going back to qualities, you know, and you just literally embodied, these two qualities that I look for just in somebody who inspires me. One of them is passion, like mm. just passion for the subject or just passion for life in general. And like, you didn't have to know that whole story to see that for you, but like to just hear that whole thing, you know, that you just put that out there for everybody in order to hopefully help people and make <laughs> it so that they can have a better life you know what i mean like yeah. that passion right there and the second thing is authenticity you know what i mean which like all like you know your the emotions are authentic it's not like you're you know crocodile tearing like all of that <laughs> stuff you just did right like yeah. passion and authenticity in in everybody that i look for inspiration from and which i you know i saw a lot of that in in teachers it was the passion for the subject yeah. or just the authenticity of like you know i don't have to be this fake whatever, like I'm a real person too, you know, and like right there was just everything, you know, so even if there was any questions of whether you would be a role model or not, like to me, that's, that's, you know, grade A right there, you know, just literally both of those things just came out yeah, in yeah. that, in that entire story was, was the passion that you have, um, not only for like wrestling, but the passion you have for this subject and the reason why you started this whole thing, this whole high tension wellness was in order to create a better community for people to just be better selves. You know what I mean? And like, you know, like, and that passion, like I saw that passion when you even just had that idea, but like the fact that you're, you've taken this ball and you've now rolled with it and you have this passion to be a podcaster, you have this passion to do all this other stuff, but you're, you don't change who you are. You stay authentically you, you know what I mean? Like you talked about how your family previously embarrassed you and whatever, or, sure. you know, all that kind of stuff, but like you stay true to you. And like a lot of people can see through the bullshit of uh -huh. people, you know what yeah. I mean? So like some people think in order to do one thing or another, they have to, they have to fake who they are. They have to do whatever it is. And sure. more often than not, as long as you're authentic and as long as you're passionate about something like to me, at least those are the qualities that I, I think even subconsciously, most people look for in somebody as far as like a role model or just inspiration, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think, uh, that's, I mean, one, thank you for all that. Um, it means like the world to me, but, um, to be authentically me is, probably the most important thing to me. I, I, growing up, I had no idea who I was. It was always a struggle. Um, 
and to some extent back in probably like 2014 is when I started to be like, I'm going to be unapologetically me, right? Unapologetically me eventually lost me my best friend, Dan, um, who, you know, like his girlfriend and now his wife, his family is just like everything to me. And it's just like, I lost all that because I was like, I'm going to be me, me, me. Because I thought me was like this funny guy who's like brash and just says whatever like comes to his head. And that wasn't me actually, you know, me is like somebody who's humble and, you know, compassionate and I care about other people. Like that's why I like cancel culture. Like, I don't know, like I don't love it, but I respect people's feelings because it's important to me that people feel accepted and feel safe um, for whoever they may be. Like, I hate judgment like that, you know, a no judgment free zone. That's like my fucking motto, dude. Um, You know, I struggled a lot with like, who am I and who should I be? How are people going to perceive me? And now it's like, I don't care. I'm just going to be me. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, meh. And the people who you're meant to be with are going to gravitate towards you. And the people who yeah. you're not meant to be with, then it's it's better off for you in the end. I agree. I absolutely agree. Anthony? No, I, that I was I'm I really happy. <laughs> I'm happy my camera angle is like higher than this because the bottom of my eyes are so wet. Because <laughs> when you, I was starting to lose it too. So I was like staying here cool. I was like, just don't pick your head up because they won't see you're getting emotional. Uh, no, uh, yeah, man. I, like I said, you're, you're definitely, you're, you're, you're a, you're a, you're a flame. You know what I mean? Either sometimes, sometimes your light isn't shining bright because you're the way you feel about yourself, but in a dark room, you definitely illuminate it. And I think you, yeah, that positive energy is bringing more positive people around you. I think just from meeting you alone, I have encountered more like-minded people in this past year than I've ever encountered ever before. Like, when I first met you, I was like, there's something to this guy. Like we, we're meant to hang out. We're meant to do something. And then the first time I met uh, Maestro, I was like, I called you right away. I was like, I like that dude. Like I want to get to know, like, and I know our, our, like our friendship is still in a, in a blooming phase. We're still learning about each other. And I think a lot of what you're going to see on camera with this podcast network is us learning from each other. Um, and I'm just, I don't know. Like I just, like, I just met so many cool people that we're like kind of joining our communities together since yeah. in this, this, in this shut short span that it's, uh, it's exciting. I, I, I think you're, uh, you're like a lighthouse, man. You're, uh, you're, you're just, you, you bring a lot of positivity and, and not only that, like you, you just, you do good things, man. Much appreciated, my dear. And, uh, man, you have a way of bringing that out of people. Um, <clears throat> you know, my deep dives, my, I had my open moment here. You really do. You're like, oh, I'm going to deep dive in you for a second. Five seconds later, I'm like, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, and I wasn't just doing that to do it too. Like it, it was literally <laughs> on my spirit. Like I wanted to say it because I think it, it needed to be said because like I said, that, that I think if you, if people see you and your, your family, like, sure. You're always together. Like it's it's a di- like when you tell me your past and just that whole story, you wouldn't know if you just met you at like a, sh- a wrestling show and you got to see you, your grandmother, your mom, and your brother. You wouldn't know that dynamic was where it was now of where it was back in the day because you guys are tight. You know what I mean? You have each other's back. Like like I said, like it's a it's a it's a it's a nice little deep dive yeah. for people to see like progression and have be and and be empathy and kind of forget some of the bullshit and let it go and move forward and, and accept people for their flaws and let them develop and let them grow. Uh, kind of like in episode one, we, we talked about like, where's the cutoff line between empathy and 
where people can change. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you're a great embodiment of it. Like your brother is is a great example of that. Like he he hit rock bottom and he did a lot of fucked up things and he did stuff to your family and stuff. And like you guys could have been like, yo, you were, we're done. Get out of yeah. here. But he's home now and he's doing amazing for himself. And I think a lot of that is because the the positive energy you put out. I think he definitely resonated with that. He's like, if my if my big brother can do it, I could do it. Yeah, I, and I hope that's the case. That's that's really been kind of my goal, you know, not to be overbearing, but to be a role model. So, like, when you asked that, I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yeah, I'm a yeah. role model. But it's like, shit, man, when I got into it, I was like, man, it's deeper than that. Like, Yeah. But um, so with that, talking about what embodies a role model um, and, and the story that I just told, uh, my next question for you guys is to tell me about something that has inspired you to a point of being the reason for a major life change or a major life choice. I'll let you can go first in this one, my show. Man. Um, yeah, think about that one. I don't know. I, cause there's a, there's, there, there's, there's been a, there's been a couple different things, you know, cause like this, this will be more of like a, um, sort of like a physical transformation sort of thing. Like I, you know, I growing up, not that like, it's like changed drastically now, but I've always been like the bigger person, you know, and like, um, you know, a lot of people struggle with weight and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I didn't really struggle with it too much. I didn't really think, anything of it until, you know, I started having like, um, started getting back pain. Now I got this back pain from a stupid thing. Like I didn't get it from being too big, but I just, you know, it, it didn't help that. Yeah. The, the weight, weight doesn't help. The doesn't weight help. did not help. Um, this, this back pain. Um, but I still never, I never did anything about it because truthfully I didn't really care a, enough about myself physically to make any sort of change with it because everything else in my life at that time was, was great. Um, you know, and then, so then I, um, you know, I, I had a lot, I had a lot going on. It was, it was definitely different than what it is now. I'll tell you that. Um, but, um, you know, cause I, it, 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 um, I'm trying to figure out exactly the pinpoint moment. Um, but there were like a bunch of, uh, there was like a bunch of changes without going into like way too much. Um, a bunch of changes. And then it made me take a step back and look at like, well, what was sort of the root cause of maybe some of these problems? And I think it was because of how I viewed myself physically, you know, and that like appearance factor. And it was just something where like, um, you know, unhealthy behaviors mentally stemmed from how I like how I thought of myself and all that stuff. So I made an active choice to try to physically get better because I never realized the connection between the physical and the mental health. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't realize it was as strong as it disappeared. Oh, I'm sure he'll come back in a second. Good. You can finish though. The, the audio doesn't, the, the audio has no idea what's happening right now. That's true. That's true. He'll yeah. probably edit that out anyway. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, you know, I, I realized the, the connection between the physical and the mental health and I started to, you know, eat better. And then I ended up, you know, losing like 50 pounds oh, wow. um, in over the course of um, 
I don't know, like six, seven months or so. And like, I did it through a diet thing, you know, then like I, you know, I started to feel better about myself and I noticed a lot of mental things were changing too. Like my, you know, my back pain was starting to go away. It's not completely gone, but it's like way less than it was. And, um, you know, and then things like mentally were better. And then like literally all of this stuff happened, you know what I mean? So it was just about like, um, and then like, I would say, you know, when, when he was talking about, this is one of the best points of his life. This is one of the best points of my life is doing this. Cause like most of this stuff that I'm doing, if not all of it has been a dream of mine since I was young, like to be part of something with wrestling, you know uh -huh. what I mean? And like the fact that I've carved a little etch right now, you know, however long this lasts, it lasts, you know, but I'm, I'm riding the. I'm riding the wave and I'm enjoying every moment of it. And that was something I never used to do was just enjoy every moment of like, um, you know, the, the good things that were going on. And I took some of those things for granted. So, um, you know, and I think that all stemmed from a better self-perception of myself there, because if I put out a better self-perception myself, other people will see that. And I think, um, you know, it just happened when, you know, the Kilowatt and I rekindled our friendship that I was coming up that hill of the um, sort of like self appreciation, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't I was, you know, I was just coming off that big valley. Um, so and I think that that may have been sort of a catalyst, because I think if if he if we rekindled it, maybe like six months earlier, nine months earlier. I'm not sure this whole thing would have happened. I'm not sure he, you know, yeah. he would have been even motivated to talk to me again, let alone like want to like do something like this and, and try this opportunity. Yeah. 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 I'm mean? definitely, I'm definitely in the same boat as you when it comes to that. Um, I, I was always growing up. I was always in, I wouldn't say I was like muscular or strong or anything, but I was always very athletic. I was thin. I was small. I was everything. But mentally, I was I was a shit show. I, I I couldn't get anything right. I was I was angry. I had a chip on my shoulder. I hated the world. I hated everything. I didn't feel accepted. Like it was just I was a mental psychopath. And then, and I mean I still kind of am, but I'm working at it. But like now I'm at a point where I, I I wouldn't say I hit rock bottom when it comes to social status. Like I didn't I didn't lose my financially. I didn't lose a job. Like I kind of lost a job, but I, I I left a job. But mentally i hit my rock bottom my depression was worse than it's ever been my weight my body pain everything was the worst i left the job i was at i had a lot of uh conflicting issues with people who worked there um who who didn't want the best for me and i said and I, I became very goal oriented so the first start of my mental change was you're gonna set a goal and you're gonna hit it and i set a goal and it was a goal at my job and I thought I was on a really good track of doing it. I was skyrocketing up. Like I was doing really well. I was, I was knowledgeable. I thought I was good at my job and I didn't hit that goal. And it wasn't just because I wasn't good at it or I wasn't qualified or anything like that. And, and the people, some people would dis maybe disagree saying I wasn't, but I thought I was in a good spot and I didn't get it. And, and, if, and I always felt like I didn't get it because it, was a, it wasn't a lack of trying or a lack of skill. It was because just I was kind of being held back a little bit. And, um, so I left, I was like, you know what? I don't think there's anything here for me. And I, I left that job and went to another one. And when I got there, I was like, this is not like everything about this job I felt like would have been 
the best thing for me. I could I could interact with people more. I can I can be myself. I'm going to use my my communication skills and not my body because everything I've ever done before was like grunt labor and physical labor, and my body just has a hard time doing that. And I thought this job would be perfect, and I was like, this is not satisfying at all. Like I I thought talking to people would have been great. But it wasn't something I was passionate about. I was kind of being told what I had to tell these people, and it was, and everybody at that job was great, and it gave me great opportunities. It just, it just wasn't for me. And I was like, at a point, I was like, do I have to leave this job? Like, I just got here. I'm only here a year or two. Like, I don't want to quit again. Like, my mental aspect was getting shitty, and um, I just started doing the podcast, and I felt like the podcast was really helping me mentally talk about my problems, getting out there, and hearing other people's problems, and and moving on. And um, then COVID. COVID happened. I had to leave my job kind of like, Hey man, we're done. You got to go. And I was like, crap, what do I do now? Um, so I, I think in that time, that two year span, I was at that previous job. I did a lot of mental growth. I think I, I got myself in a better place mentally. And now I'm back where I was before at the job where I have set those goals, but I'm coming into the job with a different mindset this time. I'm not coming in where it's a do I do, I do or die situation. And I have to hit that goal. I didn't hit before, but I feel like it was the it was the one thing that beat me, and now I'm going back into it, and I feel like I'm I'm handling it. My body's handling it. I'm mentally handling it. Everything's doing great. I'm, I feel really confident. Um, but it's now I'm at the point where I feel like I have my mental aspect down. Now I want to start tackling, and I, I think when it comes to like medication and working on getting my body right and, and and my pain management and everything, now I'm ready that I showed myself that I can do something that ne- necessarily wasn't an income like a job. Like this podcast makes me a couple bucks here or there and I put it back into the podcast, but like this isn't paying my bills. I would love for it to one day pay my bills, but it sh- it showed me that I can step out of my comfort zone for three years and do something that I was passionate about doing that scared me, that I was afraid to jump into. And now I'm ready to be like, if you could do this for three years and you didn't think you could do it, now let's work on something else. And I think my next step is going to be like the physicals part. Like I had a, phys- I, physically I was good for a while, but mentally I wasn't. And now I'm good mentally. Now I got to work on physically. So that's I'm kind of flip flopping there. Like it's always just that, that constant evolution. Yeah, dude, I totally get that. Um, all right, so we've all kind of had these major changes in our lives, whether it's been physical, mental, emotional, what have you. They're all incredibly valid. Um, something I, I've actually read online recently, and uh, somebody had said like don't minimize other people's experiences based on your own. And I think that's incredibly important. Like no matter what I'm going through, whatever you're going through is just as important to you or just as impactful to you as my experiences to me. Um, and I know that at a full, you know, uh, transparency here, one of the things that, led to me losing that friend I spoke about earlier is a wedge that was driven in between our friendship with me minimizing their trauma from their childhood because it didn't, in my mind, amount to the trauma that I experienced. And I was not sympathetic or empathetic at all. Uh And um, I learned the hard way that uh, I need to be better. And Have you ever tried reaching out and and fixing that? uh, So we still keep up to date. That's Uh, good. We definitely still keep up to date, um, but it's like maybe once every six months or so. Like we're not hanging out, we're not doing anything. Have, like have you had that? I'm sorry, I messed up conversation. No, because the, the main situation that broke it off is 
something was told to him that I said something that I don't believe I said. I still don't believe I said it. And um, but that person's credibility was, I guess, more so than mine. And that told me everything I needed to know. And I guess that was everything he needed to know. So it is what it is. I'm not going to get into it on a podcast. No, no, I understand. um, So. Again, just some important words of wisdom, I guess. And speaking of words of wisdom, uh, inspirational quotes before we move on to motivation. Uh, anything that inspires you uh, to hear that changes your mental state? Not, we're not talking about physical yet. We'll get into physical shortly. But like that it alters your mental state or, or, or helps enrich your life. I'll go first. For me, it's Bruce Lee. It's always going to be Bruce Lee. It's, yeah, it just works for me, man. Uh, so the quote is this. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle. It becomes the bottle. You put water into a teapot. It becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow or water can crash. Be water, my friend. I mean, to me, a lot of that means to kind of take experiences as they come. Take opportunities as they come. Don't put your own like whatever's in into that your own expectations into whatever's coming your way just accept it so like for me it was like okay uh we're doing a podcast this podcast gave me this opportunity to interview martin kleba i took that opportunity that gave me the opportunity to flow that into oh let's brand this thing it's going to be wicked turtle right I took that opportunity and flowed it right on over to PPW. PPW gave me this opportunity to create high tension. And here we are, like all these things happened, right? And I'm seeing them happen. And rather than being like, eh, that's risky or whatever, I I just went with that flow. I became whatever container was next for me. You know what I mean? Like I took the shape of every opportunity that came my way. And I will continue to do so because – the philosophy now is like we started out as this, we're going to be a wrestling company, right? And then we became Camp Leapfrog. And well, now we're going to be a podcast network. Oh, now we're going to be a podcast wrestling network. But like we're constantly taking every opportunity that comes our way. And that is the seed of growth. Like that's where growth comes from. I, I, I think it's the most poignant quote that sums up my last few years of success. I, uh, I know I gave you a video of a, of a clip, um, that meant a lot to me, but I don't know by heart, but I did look up sure. something real quick. I have, so, I have I mean, it here. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to read it, you can, I think I do think it's a good quote, but I do have something real quick. Someone who's obviously I'm very inspired as well as by Bruce Lee. Um, mm-hmm. there's two other people that have really inspired me as well. One being Muhammad Ali and then one being Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. Um, I was taught Michael Jordan and then was taught the game of basketball. Uh, so I, I think and it's two quotes that kind of go hand in hand with each other. Um, and he says here, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost uh, 300 games, 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Um, and just to hear him say that is, 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 is 
awesome mm-hmm. because you think of Michael Jordan, you think of hitting the game, but the buzzer beater to win the, the championship. You hear, you, you think of sure. all of his accomplishments, but he he doesn't re- he doesn't regret or forget about his his shortcomings, um, especially in a world where you know he's always compared as the him and LeBron are the goat. And LeBron has this many wins, and Jordan, like it's like, but there's more to that than him. Like it, it's being a teammate, it's being motivating, it's doing all that. And then the second quote to this is, I c- I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something. What I cannot accept is not trying. And 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 they're they're my two hand in hand quotes by yeah. Michael Jordan that I think are really uh, that that keep me moving. Yeah, yeah. There's another one uh, for me uh, philosophically, in a sense, uh, another Bruce Lee one that says, uh, "It's like a finger pointing the way to the moon. Don't focus on the finger, or you'll miss out on all that heavenly glory." Mm. I can go all day long with Bruce Lee. I have a book right. uh, of Bruce Lee stuff, and pretty much the the whole book is you go to like love or hate or mm. anxiety, and it's literally just quotes on just that topic that Bruce Lee has talked about. Dude had it figured out, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything, anything from you, Maestro? I know I have something for you. Uh, I think more is more hand in hand with uh, motivation. Uh, but if you want to, if you want to tackle that, it leads right into the next topic. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I think it, I think it works both ways. Um, but the the main quote I always remind myself of is, um, I think it goes, "Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard." Yeah. Um, and that was something you know, um, like when I grew up, um, I had like I didn't really have any. I had a very privileged life growing up. Um, you know, things came easy to me. Grades came easy to me. School came easy to me. All that stuff came easy to me. I did sports. I did music, whatever. I was involved in everything. Um, you know, I was always told that I was talented. So part of me would not necessarily work as hard. And then as I grew up to become an adult, you start to see more of that manifest where it's not just enough to be talented in that in order to get to where you want to go, you've got to continue to work hard. And I saw people that I know were maybe not as necessarily good at what they do as I was, but Mm -hmm. they were getting these opportunities and they were doing these things because they put in the work. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't fault them for that. Um, They put in way more work than I did. Um, And that's why they were, they were getting ahead. So like, it, to for me, it works both ways. It works for the inspiration to continue to work hard. Because sometimes there's times where I'm like, you know, I don't know if I really want to work this hard and I can get by on some of this other stuff. But it's like, no, if you don't continue to work hard, it's not going to go anywhere. You're just going to kind of stay here. And like, it's just kind of like never, never settling for complacency. You sure. know what I mean? Like before, I before I would have been okay with settling for just kind of like, okay, you know, I'm here. Now it's you just don't want to settle for complacency. Just keep working hard and things will keep going in a way. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I, and I had sent you that uh, a video as well, but it's like a really, really long video. Um, there's a bunch of different nuggets in there, though, um, that like, I don't know if you I don't know if you were going to. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, um, like, um, pick anything from it or like, uh, if there's anything. I'm going to go ahead and tell you a story that piggybacks off of what you're saying, right? Uh, And then we'll get into that uh, because I think we have a lot to talk about right now, and it's awesome. We're like an hour and 18 minutes in. I love it. But uh, 
So the, the, the come, show's only been once every other once a month, so there's right. enough content for the next one. That's right. Now, <laughs> this is this is of great wealth, I think. So back in let's say 2012, I'm working at a youth development uh, center, right? And um, basically, I have 18 kids uh, from the age of like 10 to 21 that are to be managed by me and two other adults. Um, for like an eight to 12 hour period of time. Right. And I'm running, uh, I think we're, I was running like bathroom time or showers or something. And my supervisor comes up to me and he's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, Oh, it's going okay. He's like, all right, well, uh, listen, be better. And he just walked away and I'm like, I, okay, be better, whatever. Next day, he comes back to me, he's just randomly chatting. He's like, all right, man, cool. Listen, be better. And I'm like, okay, hold on. What am I doing wrong here? Like, what, what's the issue, right? And again, it repeated itself the next day or two, and now I'm getting pissed off. I'm like, all right, hey, man, dude, what's going on? Like, I'm really getting pissed off at you. This is ignorant. Like, I'm, I'm doing my job, right? But I, I was complacent. I wasn't. I was just, I was just doing my job. So I just was like, all right, well, look, I'm going to come in next week, right? And by the end of next week, you're not going to tell me to be bad here anymore. You're just not. It's, it's not going to happen, right? Well, two weeks later, I'm still being told to be better. And uh, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm, I'm at my best right now mentally. I'm like, you, you can't tell me I'm not at my best. But I was starting to really like use this be better as a mantra, even though I was getting mad at it. It was like, all right, be better, be better. I'm going to be better. Um, to the point where after a month of this be better, I would write be better right here every day. And I was like, all right, be better. I'm going to be better, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so I did. I got better and I got better. By the end of the month, I was offered a promotion. It's like, oh, you want to be uh, you know, a team leader? Uh yeah, no, this is great. Yeah, you've been doing really good, and we've noticed, like, you're you're better than you've ever been. You're, like, just outstanding or whatever. Uh, oddly enough, I, after I got that position, I was re- <laughs> I was fired, and that's when all that other story I told earlier took place. Uh, not, not for any point of mine, actually. It, it was not even going to get into it, but it, the reason I got fired wasn't my fault. But um, – <clears throat> Just, but that's that's my whole thing. Like, I talk about wanting to get into motivational speaking. That was just like a really brief over, o- overview of like the be better story. But that be better story is very important to me, and um, I think that'll be the cornerstone of Alex's motivational speaking is the be better initiative. Because no matter how good you are, you can always be better. There, nobody is the best. I Some, see. A, I see a T-shirt coming where it says "Be better." High tension wellness on the back. Oh, damn you, you son of a bitch. All right, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, the Be Better Initiative, baby. I'm all about it. And it, that was very important to me. It was a driving force in my professional career is that I'm never the best. Even when I am at my best, I can always be better. And that's how I feel today with what we're doing now. Um, I'm just, I'm, the fire is lit. And speaking about the fire being lit, um, what – necessarily we talked about what inspired you guys but what motivates you guys like what keeps the fire lit when you're going after something whether it be physical fitness uh something a mental aspect professionally or you know with with the wrestling like what keeps the fire lit man what keeps you guys going 
from personally, um, creating this network. Um, I don't, I don't know if this is how it's perceived with my team, but I, I feel like I'm, um, I put the team on my back. Like I, I look at it as I have, I have a group of people who take time away from their friends, time away from their family, time away from their personal lives, uh, to be at my table to record once a week. Um, so I, I, I would, it would be a disservice to them and their time is if I didn't do everything in my absolute power to make sure that this doesn't work, uh, or, or, or their message or their stories or their hard work that they put into this podcast isn't heard. Uh, so, so I take that mantle on. And then yeah. now that being a part of high tension, like I, I see high tension is the same way as I see IWT, IW, uh, yeah, IWEP. Mm-hmm. I almost said IWTV. That's um, a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, IWET. Yeah, IWET. Uh, I, I, I put I put the team on my back. Like I wanna I just did I just did two podcasts recently where I was featured as like a guest and it wasn't actually mine. And they're like, where can we find you? And I was like, uh just search IWEP, I'm there. And also you can check me out in the high tension wrestling network. You know, it's like that's like that's my branding now. I'm like I I I feel proud to be a part of it. And now with the leapfrog thing, like I I I put the pressure on myself to make sure my edits are good, to make sure my work is done right, to make sure I'm learning and doing the best I can and learn my equipment better than I had it before. Um, because my video of my, like, it sounds silly, but like, I think I could pretty much talk about it now because it's, it's out there. But like, I took a video on my camera that was used for someone to a scouting report. So their match can, like so his opponent in an upcoming match can see his footage to see how they could work and how they could put on a great performance and then i seen the performance of this guy and his opponent on another show and the whole time i'm thinking is my hard cam captured that moment that i was able to send to him so he can have his match and it may seem like something very minor to someone or even the people who were involved but to me that mean that meant the world you know what i mean cuz like mm-hmm. my I, I went out and spent all my money on this really, really nice camera that was then used to create a moment that it was used not only on the show that's coming up for people to see, but a moment that was seen on WrestleMania week in a blood sport six. Like that's awesome to me. You know what I mean? Like I, and it was somebody I, I really enjoy their work. So when I was told that's who I was, it was going to, I was like, that just happened. You know what I mean? Like, so that, that, that just keeps motivating me to get better and, and, and use the tools I have and get better at what the tools I have to not just bring uplift myself and get myself over because yeah. I know if I get myself over, I'm bringing everybody with me. So it's like, you know, I, I kind of understand what you're saying. So like you use your supporters and your team as something to hold yourself accountable to in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that initially I wanted to do um, my first incarnation of high tension wellness at another network uh, would have been this way of Alex to lose weight and uh, use the fact that it was in the public eye to hold myself accountable. Uh, that never ended up happening, but here we are on this really cool show that we're doing. Um, yeah. But I totally get that, man. I, I totally understand that. And to also be motivated by the doors that are opening because of your hard work and your talents, it's pretty cool too. Yeah. It, it's like that photo you see is where it's, it's like uh, someone with a carrot and they just see like the guy's holding his 
like this carrot and it's like i have my carrot and it's grown it's it's grown and look how big it is and i'm going to eat tonight and the guy mm-hmm. next to him all he has is the stem but what you don't see underneath that dirt is that carrot is 16 times bigger than the one the other guy's holding but the, the, the what what that carrot represents is all the hard work and time you put into your growing your carrot it's just not ready to sprout yet but when it does it's going to be massive and that's kind of something a, a mental image in my head that keeps going it's like it, you're you're right there man like I, I i can feel it like i can feel it just not just for me but for all of us like this is this is about to happen and uh i'm just being patient and just i got but you you, you can't become a complacent you got to be better you got to keep watering your plant you got to put your fertilizer down you got to come back every single day and put your time in to make sure that that everything that you work for doesn't go for waste absolutely yeah, I mean, for me, it just kind of circles back to what we alluded to at the beginning is, um, you know, surrounding yourself with people to motivate you because you see the things that they're doing. And like, I always feel I need to match that energy that the people around me are putting out, you know, mm-hmm. um, so Can I interject real quick, just yeah. so I don't lose my th- at. So you guys got to experience this five times already or six times with 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 uh, Camp Leapfrog. But I used to get this feeling playing soccer or basketball is when you step on the court, even if it's a street ball game or you step on the field or anything, but any sport for me, that's where I can relate to because I played sports is right before that whistle blows. That game is about to start and that first pass happens. So you just take your first strides down the field or down the court. You get that like butterfly and you're like, you're amped up, your adrenaline's going. You want to start, you just want to go, go, go. I haven't experienced that in so long because I couldn't do sports. But that day at Leapfrog, like that was what was happening in my body the whole time. Like I just wanted to run through a wall. Like I wanted to, I want, like I felt like I could have taken on the, like if you would have put me in and been like, you're in a ring fight, I would have, I would have done everything in my power to make sure I win that fight. You know what I mean? Like I, it had me such on a, on a, such a le- high energy level because everybody there had it as well. It was so intoxicating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I, I'll say just for me, it, literally every time we do an event, a leapfrog event, it's always the most high octane thing I end up doing for, you know, the, whatever month or so it is just cause like, I'm all like, I, I always feel like I'm running around with like, like, like a head, chicken with its head cut off yeah. and I'm just buzzing everywhere trying to see this thing or try to do this thing or try to help with this thing. And just like, um, you know, and then also making sure like it's, it's going well, <laughs> like, and yeah. that's like, it's just, yeah, it is. But like everybody else matches that energy like it, but it's, but it's also a that good, yeah. Right. Like, and then people could just like drink it or like sniff it or whatever. And it's, yeah. I don't, I don't know. And I've been back and this is not a knock to PPW or outbreak, but I've been backstage at outbreak at PPW and it's, it's not even, it wasn't even the same. It was a completely different thing. Like it was so, it was, it was different and there was no fans, no crowd. I don't, I don't know. It was just a, it was an interesting experience. I can't explain it. I just think, again, I just think it's with the people you surround, surround yourself, yourself with. with. Yeah, I yeah. really do because at like the, the, everybody we surround ourselves with at leapfrog has the same vision, the same mentality about leapfrog that, you know, like we all, we all share the vision and we all put in as much work as we possibly can in our different little departments, whether you're a wrestler, whether you're a production person, whether you're producing, whether you're whatever your role may be, like everybody still shares that same vision um, and puts in, 
you know, 110% even plus effort mm-hmm. to make sure that it can be as big a success I don't, as I don't, possible. You know I, don't, I, mean? I don't know if this contributes to it, but everyone has value at leapfrog. Like mm-hmm. there's not somebody who's just like, okay, this is the jobber or, you know, cause like even our loser of camp leapfrog, he still has a participation trophy because he has value, right? Uh-huh. You know, he's and, one of the most featured people across Leapfrog, and absolutely. he hasn't won a match. But like, like you know, it's not about it's not about the wins and losses. Everybody has value. Phil Stamper, like every single person, and there's someone who's contagious too when it comes to energy. Yeah, man. You cannot like, be around Phil and be about, like, I want, I want to become better. I was you know what I mean? Talk about another inspiration. Like, he should Batman. be on that. He should be on an episode of Wellness. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Um, yeah, I just everybody has value, and that's very important to me. Uh, I don't know who I was talking about that with recently, but that was like our goal from the beginning is just even with high tension, is everybody matters. Like mm-hmm. everybody gets over in, in a sense, you know, it's just nobody's left behind here. Everybody's family. I know a lot of locker rooms say that, as you hear on the Chandler episode of Moran and Friends. Every locker room says that your family. It bothers. It bothers me because we say it at Leapfrog, but you know, I know everybody thinks they mean it, but we, yeah, we we really do. The talent gets it when they're. Well, there. here's the thing, too. An owner can say that, right? But. As an owner, you have to part. I guess what their their argument was with their speech was, sure, I you're telling me I'm your family, but you as an owner, when I reached out to you, you ignored me for six months. Yeah, so yeah. that so when it comes down to that speech, as you as an owner, are you as a part of the ownership or anything? You have to reciprocate that, and and I think where Leapfrog goes leaps and bounds leaps and bounds above that is Chris is always a message away. You can literally message him at any time. He will read it and respond to you. Um, the hospitality of where Leapfrog is held. Like people are walking around making sure everyone's comfortable. They're making sure the environment's good. Everyone's tested. Everyone's clean. Everyone is, ha- ha- needs a place to go if they have to do. And they go. It, it, the, the facility goes above and beyond to make sure everyone's good. Um, it's not just like, hey, we're in a building. Go use that broom clause. You know what I mean? Like everything there is just like the with the – respect and the comfort of everyone at first you know what i mean and i think that's where i, I feel like not only do you, does the ownership embody it but i also think the locker room buys into it as well because you need to put that same energy back yeah. where if you want this to be a family you got to breathe you have you have to live and breathe that family like yeah, i was only there at one family yeah i was only there one time and every single time i put a tweet out now on twitter four or five people on that locker room are the first ones to like retweet and share it. And it's just like, they're putting me over because I put them over type deal. We're like, we all just help each other. And that when it comes to talent and when it comes to everybody, everyone just has each other's back and it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You make genuine connections and uh, yeah, it shows. I don't think it's about putting people over. It's yeah, people genuinely being people with people. Yeah. I just sent you a photo. If you, you can, if you want to pop it up, that's actually a pretty nice photo. Kind of what we're talking about right now on your um, on your phone. Oh, that is a cool photo. Yeah, I'll, I'll pop it in here. <clears throat> I have it somewhere. Keep talking though. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So uh, I'll pop up the photo shortly. But again, when it comes to motivation uh, for me, uh, some of the things that help light that fire for me to keep it going are again quotes, motivational quotes. 
um, music and art, uh, my driving force in life. When people ask like, who is Alex? Right. I get annoyed when people go, Alex is that wrestling guy, right? But uh, <laughs> Alex is the wrestling guy because that's my one of my many mediums of that I'm successful at when it comes to my art and my creativity. Like when you ask who is Alex, Alex is creation. Like that's that's what I I'm all about creation, right? But uh, quote one quote that fires me up, that keeps me going. With Scott Hall, right? <laughs> Scott Hall. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. That lights a fire under me, man. That was his Hall of Fame speech, right? It was at the very end of his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. That yeah. that has that literally has gotten me through some tough times. Like when I say that to myself in the mirror, uh, it just lights a fire under me. Like I could be in the darkest of dumps and I'm like, no, man, I'm ready. I'm a bad dude, right? Uh, but when you do that, when you say a quote like that, that serves as not only motivation, right? But it's also positive self-talk. It's what we call an affirmation. So next, I want to talk about the power of affirmation, which is, again, it's positive self-talk. Like, have you guys used positive self-talk as means of, like, getting yourself going or feeling better about yourself or is it means of like therapy at all? Cause I know that I never really believed in it. I thought it was hocus pocus, <laughs> but uh, for me lately, it's like the last couple of years. Oh, it's been very important. Diego, Diego Sanchez for me is the guy who showed, showed me uh, positive affirmation and speaking on his way to the cage. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of years later, it, carried over to the world of professional wrestling with Daniel Bryan, like the yes movement. Uh, don't tell yourself. No, don't tell yourself. You can't do something. It's, it's there. Um, when I'm at work or when I, when I would fall growing up playing sports and, and I'm tired and I'm exhausted, the whole idea where it's like, Hey, pain is temporary, but you know, success is uh, glorious forever is yeah. the way I was always told it. Um, yeah, yeah you're going to be tired. Your muscles are going to be sore, but you got three minutes left in this game. And if you don't give every single sec, every single last bit of energy you have in these last three minutes, you're, it's all for nothing. Cause you're, you, when you, you feel right now, like you're going to die, but 15 minutes after that whistle blows and you calm down and you get your, 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 your heart back, you're going to feel like, man, I should have never let those, those three minutes go to waste. Um, so that's always, so always tell myself, man, you got this push. You got this. You know what I mean? That was always something I've always said in my head. Like you got this, keep going, keep going. Um, you're not, I was never the biggest guy. I was never the strongest, but you were never going to outwork me when, when I played sports, like, and, yeah. and it just kind of where I always was. Like I was, I was going to be a pest on your side the entire time I was on that, whatever field I was at. Yeah, man. Outwork everyone. Christian yeah. Cage. Christian Cage at work. That's why I love professional wrestling. Man. <laughs> Sorry, maestro. <laughs> yeah. Pictures just went right it's over. Like Mike head. Wazowski. Yeah. I'm on TV. <laughs> um, that, that photo right there means so much to me that um that here means the world right here right where i oh, know i guess right. i am oh you can't see my cursor i'm an no, idiot i'm sorry see. yeah no. <laughs> yeah i uh that means that was the first time i ever stepped inside of a wrestling ring wow really i've never been inside a wrestling ring that was the first time ever and it was oh it was and it was on my favorite wrestling mat of all time that that robin robin egg uh True, old wwf mat mm -hmm. yeah it was, it was great 
<laughs> which we defiled with a frog. <laughs> yeah, I love it though. I love it. Yeah. I love how it well, looks. Yeah. I saw one of the comments of the first match of uh, Frog Sport. Um, yeah. Yesterday, that somebody was like, "I love that ring." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. It was even better after a beer spilled on it. Sam Laterna. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to spill the tea not the not the beer yeah <laughs> actually i think it was trajan it was trajan uh, it, it was, was trajan, trajan. Yeah. she cleaned it so good for yeah. she did i it. i have a i ha- can, I, can i do a wrestling quote real quick yeah so this is this is another guy where i always say empathy and, and hard work and change this guy this guy was never the most po- like he was the most popular but i guess when people i growing up i didn't know the dirt sheets i didn't know his struggles when it come to his addictions and him not being the greatest person to be the deal with and kind of being an asshole, but he was my favorite. But he says, one thing that, that used to always uh, separate me is I could connect with you. I don't know if I did a good job, but for the past 26 years, you were connected to me and I had no idea, but I was connected to you as well. I never won most popular. I wasn't prom King. I wasn't the homecoming King. So I guess my entire adult life, most thing that was important to me is that you believed in me and I thought I was good. On this night in the 2011 Hall of Fame, I feel it. Thank you. I love my ring, and I love each and every one of you. Uh, and I know this has been sappy, and I can't help it. And if you're not that with that, I got two words for you. That was Shawn Michaels' closing speech at the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. But there's a guy there. He was he he he's not afraid to admit, man. He was not a good person to work with. Uh, and and he and he changed his life around. You know what I mean? But when he was in there, man, whew, did he put it on? I've heard some things. Yeah, he was not good. Not a good human. He was, and he's he's not shy about saying he wasn't a good human. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you can admit that, that's that's great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> would you like me to read the quote that uh, you you put in there? Because I, I feel like, well, you know, we'll get to that at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll find, let me find it real quick. I'll read it off for you. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, Maestro, um, do you use positive self talk or affirmations at all? Um, I, you know, as, um, as of more recently, yes. Um, cause that was something I always struggled with going back to, um, you know, what I'd brought up before is just like self image. Um, you know, I never really had the best self image. Um, so it was always important to me what other people thought. And then, you know, other people didn't have the same, like bad self-image of me. So it was not Mm -hmm. self-affirmation. It was more so like a social affirmation that kind of kept me, kept me going there. But then I realized that that was not, that was not enough. That's not really like the healthiest. It is nice to have social affirmation. Sure. Yeah. Um, But it is more important to have the, the self-affirmation. And I think as I've, as I've realized that, and as I've used that tool, um, you know, more like more things like this start to open up because you just um, believe in yourself. But it, it's also about seeing the results for me. And and again, it goes back to the, the hard work because uh, like mm-hmm. I know I can work hard, but it was a matter of did I want to? Um, and then I just have to keep telling myself, just work hard. It'll be fine. You just need to work hard. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's basically my self-affirmation is it's going to be fine. You just need to work hard. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's all I tell myself every time it, I, st- I step into something that I feel like I'm in over my head or I feel like, you know, I have no clue what I'm doing or whatever it is. I just remind myself, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be fine. You just sure. have to work hard. Like I can't, I can't sit back and hope it goes well. Yeah. I just need to put in, put in the hard work because 
you know, when I have put in the hard work, it always turns out fine. Yeah. So I have two things to that. I have one, I feel like the social aspect of the affirmation is more of a validation because for me, that's something I'm experiencing through my work with leapfrog and then the network and building the YouTube, um, being able to do that and realize, oh, I think this work I'm doing is good. And then to hear it's good is like mm-hmm. doing wonders for me yeah. personally. And it's continuing to light that fire, right? But I also want you to know, and this is for both of you. This is for everybody on our team. Um, working hard is fantastic and it's much appreciated, right? But if you start to burn out, right? Or if you need help or you need somebody to listen to, part of the feelings check from when I learned it, is like, how are you feeling? What is your goal? And then the third question is, who can help you with that, right? I just want you guys to know that I will be your designated shoulder. I will be that designated person. Like, if you need help, you know, come to me. And I think we, we're all that for each other naturally. Uh-huh. But I think as a team, it needs to be known, like, you, you don't have to take everything on yourself or if you are having a hard time, it's okay to take that break and tag somebody in. I saw Chris Levin say it in a, one of our production chat, chats the other day. Hey man, if you're not feeling well, I'm ready for the hot tag. I like that. That was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I love working with that dude, man. He's cool. Well, and just to kind of, to piggyback off that sentiment too, like, you know, thinking about that term hard work, you know, hard work doesn't necessarily mean to just continuously run the tires until right. they, till they flame out. Cause um, it can also help you work smart. Yeah. yeah. And of quality. Um, and like, that's, and like, that's important too. Cause if you do feel to a point where um, you're overworking yourself, like, yes, that is hard work, but at the same time, there's such thing as overwork and that doesn't necessarily help you, even though you might be doing hard work overworking doesn't help. So you might need to do the hard work of taking a break like that. That could be depending on time crunch or depending on what it is, that could be hard work is to stop what you're doing, even though you're, you like, you're about, you know, 10 seconds away from burnout or whatever it is like to be able to tell yourself that like, I cannot get to this point, you know, and, and you need to be, to be smart about it. So it's like, um, I don't remember the exact quote, but it it was something like it's important to work hard, but it's also important to work smart. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, smarter, I don't, I don't, harder. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't want to like, you know, misconstrue like you just need to keep working, keep working, keep working. Cause that's like the whole perpetual thing of society is like, well, how do you make money? Well, you just continuously work. And that's like mm-hmm. basically what's driven our society in terms of like people's working hours and jobs. And that's why like so many people are, you know, either depressed or there's, you know, whatever's going on. It's because we've become a culture of just people continuously working in order to, um, provide for their families or, or do whatever it is. And that's, you know, they might be working hard, but they may not be working smart. And a lot of people are working to goals that aren't necessarily theirs. They're working to, they're working for goals that they've seen somebody else accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's a quick question for you. I know, and I I hate to bring this up again. I know we talked about it last episode, but with the, with the, the, the world we're living in now where people are, uh, where sometimes maybe your heroes have let you down um with, uh, with, with with this cancel culture and 
and and uh, and I'm not saying cancel culture has a negative connotation, but where it's they funny. have been you they have been me. called out in the cancel culture, or yeah. where they have been called out because they have a different view politically or mm-hmm. agenda wise on something that you didn't really know, know they have. Sure. But but if you're someone so like, all right, I'm gonna I'll, I'll put a name out here in a wrestling te- term. Not a very popular guy right now. Uh, maybe he said some things and did some things that not that didn't that didn't coincide with us right now. And and, I, and I, I'm I'm someone too who has a hard time looking to him as the same role model before. But um, Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, Hulk Hogan yeah. has probably inspired a generation of people to eat their eat their vitamins and drink their milk and and do the right thing and work out and be this person and you could be the world champion and you could be a Hulkamaniac, and that has been bought into for decades like a decade you know what i mean like people have have lived that mantra and now he kind of let you down as a person and i think sometimes people will then lose the message of that positivity yeah when they realize that that person has then let you down and i think i, I think it's important to realize that you can still take that positive message that you were taught by that person and it doesn't reflect you as a person if you still use it to motivate yourself sure, what, what they did to, what they what they did to let you down doesn't have mm-hmm. to necessarily co- uh, negate the fact that they have inspired you to be better. Well, I, actually, I heard a like a, a an interesting perspective on something like that that I never actually thought of before. Um, when you're like talking about, um, you know, seeing somebody who you looked up to, but mm-hmm. um, like I, I saw the example of uh, J.K. Rowling. You know, she wrote the Harry Potter books, and that was yeah. a big inspiration um, to a lot of people, especially like my. Um, and our generation growing up, like kids read those books and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it turns out she does not have some popular views when it comes to like the transgender community and, and things of that nature. Um, so a lot of her fan base um, is upset with her, but at the same time, they're not giving up. They're not all of a sudden boycotting the Harry Potter books. The Harry Potter books aren't going off the shelves. Sure. It's that, that book now or that story doesn't belong to the artist even though they came up with it it belongs to the people yeah so like i think hulk hogan you know even though like hulk hogan himself the person terry bolea whatever you want to call it might be you know this not so great person but that character of hulk hogan that character of you know um i almost said eat your prayers say your prayers eat your vitamins (laughs) like that belongs to the people and you can kind of take with that what you will and like you can even do that for artists and music if you want to i mean if you really have strong convictions about what they said uh, or what they've done in their personal life like um you know that's that's your that's your point of view but if you just look at the artwork for the artwork itself and you know let's say this person who doesn't have really great views of things or might be kind of messed up, came up with something that's really um, thought provoking or inspiring, sure. then don't look at it as that person said this, look at it as this artwork that's inspiring. I, I felt really bad when I watched surviving R Kelly and then was compelled to listen to R Kelly music. I'm like, man, it's good music, but now I'm starting to hear the lyrics are probably... There's so many other people that really go bad. into that music. It's not just him. Yeah, he just happens but, to be singing the music, but it's I, not just him putting everything together. No, There's other I, people I that went into that. So, like, it's a it's a, it's a, a body of art. It's this artwork. So, like, yeah. all of those different things you can think of more so as an artwork that yeah. can be inspirational rather than, like, 
Well, um, it now it becomes inspired. owned by the community. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, it's owned um, by the people. So I, like I had that. a question that I literally had as a topic point that I just didn't, I, I think we kind of blew right past it. Right. And then you guys brought it up and it's really kind of cool. What happens when your mentors are proven to not be infallible? Like I remember, and I won't say who it, it was. It's somebody related to me, right? Somebody I looked up to greatly um, who I thought was like this, great upstanding citizen you know and and I, they valued their intelligence and i thought they were my my ultimate role model until one day i caught <laughs> i caught them doing like cocaine and like the weeds they did the weeds right but i'm like this is the same person who berated me because he thought i may have smoked weed once and I haven't because this is still my high school time. I'm like, I haven't, but like now you do this, like my, my world is shattered by you. And like, you're not the person you play in front of me. Like it's, it's shattering. But then also like, I understood that, like I learned a lot. So like the, the saying of like, do as I say, and not as I do sometimes is actually very poignant because people know from their own shortcomings and from others' mistakes and their own mistakes to kind of teach you to be better. And you just got to kind of filter through like, okay, well, that's, this is good information. That's not great behavior. Yeah. You know? But it's hard that, when you're a kid to understand. That exact, that exact thing happened to me. Um, and it could be, one, it, it, it was one of those people that I, I mentioned earlier where um, he, he was my, he was my role model. He was my guidance. And I was like, wait a second. There's a little more to this than I thought it was. This is a little more. There's some other things that were happened here, or things that went down, mm -hmm. um, that I was like, man, that kind of. And I, I thought for a second, like this shattered my world. I lost respect, but I really didn't because I, I, I also, their teachings taught me enough to be empathetic and and to see, the that everyone is human. And I kind of did that thing back at a, at a younger age where I was like, well, listen, mm -hmm. that piece of them. I'm yeah. not keeping that. That's not, that's not my baggage. That's not coming with me. I'm going to take what's important from this and I'm going to keep that and this <laughs> other stuff. I'm going to leave with them. It's and funny. Gonna, like, but I'll use that to not go that same route again. It you know reminds I mean? me of earlier when you asked me, do I think I'm a role model? And I think with, with that in mind, um, I don't think you have to be a perfect person to be a role model. Absolutely not. Um, but the thing is, is as well is when I when I realized that I was going to do this podcast thing, I realized that I'm going to put myself out in a in a in a, in a situation. And this may sound e egotistical, and I'm, it's not meant to be. But if you put yourself out there, people can can they they will and can consume it, and you have no idea who's going to latch onto what and who who who's going to be something that's going to let like you can inspire somebody you can someone can turn around and be like i i like this guy like great example is joe rogan a lot of people have latched on to joe rogan but now that joe rogan has spoke out against certain things a lot of people are like well he's a piece of shit now because his one view is terrible but all the other things he said that i liked i now they don't matter anymore mm -hmm. um so i always kind of gave that persona even at a very start early start to this podcast is kind of like the howard stern approach where i'm not going to be ashamed or i'm not going to hide who i am as a person um it's either you're going to like me or you're going to hate me um be, but i'm going to be genuine to myself you're i'm you're you're not going to find out six years from now that i was something i wasn't mm -hmm. um so i want to be very honest to myself but i also want to be very 
clear where if I say something in a joking manner or if I have a belief on something or a question on something, I'm not totally tied to that thought either. I am open-minded to hearing the other side of the spectrum and learn and educate myself to become better. Sure. Absolutely. And that goes back to that authenticity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I like, again, I, I, that's one of the two things I always look for in, in, in just people to try to surround myself with is just authenticity. You know what I mean? And like, it may not be a good authentic, you know, whatever your opinion is on whatever it is, but like, you know, you can't fault somebody for, for being themselves, but if they're Mm -hmm. trying to be somebody else, if they're trying to hide behind something or whatever, and you can see through the bullshit, that's the problem. Oh my God. Our first night meeting, uh, Maestro, I thought you were going to hate me because it was at like a point where i was so fucking angry and like <laughs> i was just sitting in the room and i was venting and i was just like and you were the only person standing there and because I'm, i am who i am and i'm just not i, I can't hide my emotions or what i want to say i just like vented to you and you're just like mm-hmm, yep <laughs> and I, I went to alex like called him like dude i fucking lost my shit on this poor guy but it wasn't directed at him it was just yeah. me getting it off my chest and i was like i hope it doesn't think i'm a dick <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think um, being being yourself uh, unapologetically is not the greatest thing. Um, yeah. But being yourself and 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 being at the pursuit of your happiness, as long as it's not at the expense of somebody else's, that's what we should all strive for. Yeah, um, I have that quote up. If you're ready, then I am absolutely ready for it. I think it's a great way to kind of wrap this up. All right. Be the hero of your own movie. If your life was a movie and it started now, forget about what other financial disasters you had, personal failures, and relationship failures. What would you? What would the hero of your life story do right now? Do that. Do those things. We define ourselves too often by our past failures. We look. We look at our past and say, "Well, that's me, and that's not you. You are. You are this person right now. You are the person who has learned from those failures, and you can choose to be the hero of your own movie right now." Write down your goals, write down the things you want to improve, write down the things you won't tolerate from yourself, and write down the things you've done in your past that you will never want to see yourself do again, and go forth. From here, as you're the hero of your own movie, build momentum, build confidence, and momentum with each good decision that you make from here on out. You can do it. Anyone can do it. We live in unique times. We live in one of the rarest times in human history where you can choose almost all the input that comes your way. Whether it's the movies you watch, the books you read, the podcasts you listen to, you can choose to be inspired by that. Do it. Do that and be the hero of your own movie, Joe Rogan. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's that like? Like, how does that. How do you take that and how do you internalize that? So here's a a huge reason why I take it in. I consume kind of going back to what i was saying before i consume nothing but people who i look up to who i admire and people who i love and i consume what they put out because it inspires me to want to work with them to want to listen to what they do to want to learn more about them and to be more connected with the people that i respect if you turn around and listen to nothing but hate or political stuff or you're picking a side or you're choosing a side you're going to fall into that trap. You're going to become the product of what you're turning, you, what you're trying to consume the most of. Um, so yeah, put, put, if, if, if your timeline on your, and I've been starting to do this recently, if you're on timeline 
and your friend that you care about is just putting up nonsense, there's a thing you can hit where you say, take a break from this person and you don't see their shit no more. Mm -hmm. You have the choice to change the way your timeline is on your social media. You have the choice to watch and listen to the music and the podcast that you want to listen to. Just like that quote said, change it. If you want to make a better yourself, start with your mind. And when you get your mind right and you're, you're, you're motivated, you're, the rest will come. You want to lose weight. You can try to go to a gym, but if you're not mentally ready for that gym, you're going to quit in two days. Mm -hmm. Set yourself those goals. Now turn around and say, Hey, you know, I want to go to the gym, but all right. But if I go to the gym, I got to come home. I got to get the dishes done. I got to vacuum. I got to get the stuff done around the house. I got to do this. You're, you're, you're putting up those barriers of why you can't go to the gym, why you can't do that. And this is stuff I'm doing right now with myself. So what you do, you do is, all right, I'm going to get those five or six things done now. So when tomorrow comes, those aren't obstacles anymore. I've, I've, I've eliminated those obstacles. So now you can't say, well, I have to get so much done at the house. Now there's no reason for you to go to that gym. Well, today I just want to rest. You can rest when you're done. You know what I mean? Like, no more don't don't put excuses for yourself don't build those walls change change your life starting today and it, it, it comes down to you be the hero you're, you're a batman fan you're everyone's watching comic book movies be that hero you know what i mean yeah if um, you um if you really want that change if you really want to be better only you can hold yourself accountable or if you have a support system like i have if i if you have an anthony if you have a maestro if you have those people you can ask them to hold you accountable too you can build a support system and you can succeed but the ball's in your court like nobody can do this for you nobody can do the work for you people can support you but you have to put those things into place you have to put the support system in place for yourself you have to set the goals and you have to put in the work and there's no other way around that. You yep. can't win the lottery if you don't play it. You can't play it if you don't make the money and you, if you don't make the money if you don't do the work. Yep. So even I, getting rich doesn't work without work. And getting the, rich quick, I mean. A really positive thing too is say if, say if like, hey, I have six-pack abs. I think my mind's great. I don't know what else I have to work on, whether it be mm -hmm. your, a craft you want to do, whether it be a hobby. If you want to build relationships with your loved ones, with your family, with your sure. parents, with your work environment, with your coworkers, it all starts with you. Um, if someone at your job hates you or if someone in your life hates you or you have someone who doesn't like you or something, like, I'm not saying that you're the problem, but if you put enough positive energy out and you truly believe in it and you do the right things and work on yourself, people will around you change without even yeah. you, without even you having a conversation with them. Yeah. Or and the people you. around you change. You yes. know what I mean? You're, you're the greatest example of that. We go back to that story as well. Like you separate yourself from your family you became a positive influence on yourself. You worked on yourself and did positive things and sure. your loved ones changed around you without even you have to give in those lessons. Yeah. I mean, either they change while they're in their life, your life or the people in your life change as in like, I no longer have that best friend. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, because, because of my growth, the people around me have changed but also because of my growth with the people that are growing with me, they will change things about them as well. And it might come naturally. They might even not notice, uh -huh. you know what I mean? But, or maybe they will see like, Oh shit, I want to be better. I want to kind of do what they're doing and they're going to actively put in the work, you know? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things. Uh, it's so there's a thing called transference. 
uh it's we could talk about energy we could talk about spirituality but really it's it's this behavioral concept of if i'm in a bad mood and i interact with you you are going to get that bad mood rubbed off on you right Absolutely. and then anybody you interact with is going to have their their good mood is going to be dampered by your bad mood and that energy that bad energy transfers works the same way with positive energy and it works the same way with growth uh, the better you become, the better the people around you become because it's going to rub off. The better yeah. you feel, the better they feel. The worse you feel, the worse they feel. Uh, so the best thing that we can do as people consciously growing is we need to learn how to manage our emotions. We need to manage our thoughts and the energy, <sighs> the energy we put out. Yeah, man. It's very important. When you go to your job every day and everyone around you says, man, I hate this job. I hate this job. I hate this job. You are most likely going to hate this job as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll we'll put it in wrestling terms. I want to wrestle. I want to get my name out there. But, man, do I hate going to this locker room. And then everyone else, man, I hate being in this locker room. I don't get this. I don't get that. If you go in and be like, man, I'm here. I'm going to be – If at every, every show that I've been to, whether everyone hated the show they were at, there was always one or two guys who were just like, man, this is great. I love it here. And that person's always the one that five or six people gravitate towards and have conversations with because mm-hmm. it's not the burden of, oh, I have to listen to this guy bitch the whole time, you know, yeah. and, and kind of tying it back in. That's, that's the great thing about um, the high, t- uh, high tension locker yeah. room that's coming as well as the leapfrog locker room. Everyone there is excited to be there. It's not a chore. It's not upsetting yeah. to be there. And that energy transfers over and everyone has a great time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, any final thoughts for you guys? Um, I thought this was a really, really good topic. Sparked some great conversations. I think we all almost cried at one point. Yeah. <laughs> actually unexpected, but like honestly beautiful because, wow, this podcast is about wellness and we all just went through a therapeutic session for free with each other. And I thank you guys for that. <laughs> like, seriously, you guys mean a tremendous deal to me. And that, like Jerry Springer, is my final thought. <laughs> uh, if you've lasted these two hours listening, uh, make sure you follow high tension, high tension uh, links are all below. Uh, follow on all social media. You have all of our social medias here. If you're watching the video at real kilowatt mm-hmm. at Anthony Blackwell jr. At the maestro, a Scott uh, f- Instagram, Facebook, Twitter's all there. If you want to reach out to us personally, or if you just want to follow the pages, you can do so as well. Um, reach out, let us know, give us some feedback. Tell us a topic that you want to hear us talk about. Um, whether it be, you know, I want to hear more about the what we kind of heard today and we can elaborate more. Uh, sure. If you give us the feedback, we'll talk about it. I know there's a topic coming up very soon that I want to do, and I want to possibly do our first on-location podcast with this. Because you know me, I like my on-location stuff. So uh, sure. hopefully maybe very soon we can go to um, the Tree of Life Metaphysical Shop in Ringtown, and we can learn. Oh, I want to learn more about the chakras. Awesome. I'm in. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the only thing, the only final thought I have um, that we didn't really, we kind of touched on, but not so much in like a, a blunt way sure. um, is that time is motivation because we yeah. all have a certain amount of time on this earth mm. and you can either spend it making the excuses or you can spend it being productive. Yeah. It's your, it's your choice what you do with it, but you only, you only have a certain amount. 
I don't have money to go on nice vacations. I'm I'm never really going to have nice things except my podcast stuff's pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> but I I use the money I put into my podcast things to make experiences that to me are better than going on a vacation right now. Like, mm-hmm. sure, I'd love to go to Italy. I'd love to go to Europe. I'd, be, I'd love to see the world, but being at camp leapfrog is, is is a vacation for me being at the backstage at a wrestling show recording in an old jail a recording mm-hmm. in a bike shop like they're all things to me that like i would have never done if i didn't take this jump and 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 start doing what i'm passionate about and make this jump into this podcast world i, I would have ne- never met people like you guys like i would have so it's it's uh it's beautiful man do yeah, it man uh time man that that's going to go up there with one of my inspirational things, dude. I appreciate that. Like to understand that time is limited and how do you want to spend that, dude? I want to continue to spend it at leapfrog. I want to continue to spend it with you guys. I want to continue to be happy, dude. Like I don't, I don't want to spend the rest of my time. Not happy. I I've lived, I live, I've lived it. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, so with having said all that, I think we've, God, we've done so much good today. I love it guys. Thank you. Um, do you guys have anything specific you guys want to plug? I, I'm sure it's going to be all around the same thing for all of us, but just uh high tension, high tension network. Show us some love. Frog yeah. Frog sport. Sport coming up. Just say pretty much the camp leapfrog at camp leapfrog frog sports coming up. So first match is IWTV. Yeah. Check second second match starts in one minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it is Molly McCoy versus Jordan blade. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Watches. Right now on the Independent Wrestling Podcast Network. Independent Wrestling Podcast Network. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Um, then I'm actually going to head over there now and, and, and let, join the comment section. All right, guys. Well, uh, I've been the real kilowatt, Anthony Blackwell Jr., and the maestro, Anderson Scott. This is High Tension Wellness. I hope, you was, I hope that you've been inspired. I hope you will be motivated, and I hope you talk good to yourself. Uh, you're worth it and uh be well hey we love you guys and you guys i love you guys don't i i do the sign off be well (laughs) after all that positivity yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, just don't (laughs) steal my thunder i just uh you know saying i love you to your friends let's end it with that yeah love you man love you